please stand if you're able and join me in the call to worship. In the beginning, our God created the light. This God of ours sent the light. Morning light opens for us. be seated. And as you are, let me welcome everyone to worship here at Southside Baptist Church today. Uh, it is wonderful to see you and to know that all of you uh, look as though you had power today. You were able to get here with no problems and also that uh, hopefully you were able to come through the storms unscathed too. But we're glad you're here to worship with us today and to lift our voices, to unite our spirits in worshiping the one true and living God. As we do so, I know there are a number of guests here, and so what we want to ask you to do is in front of you, you'll find a guest registration um, card. 
that'll in the pew rack there if you'll fill that out and there might be a prayer request you have just give us a chance to respond to you if you would like to include that send you a note and let you know that we were delighted that you were here with us in worship today we also uh, begin our time of worship by welcoming those by passing the peace of christ to know that as jesus told us that as we're gathered together he is here in our midst and as that being because that is the case we also want to welcome each other uh, by sharing the peace of christ passing that to one another let's do that at this time please As you um, make your way back to your places, and um, <clears throat> if there are those who are our children with us today, if there are those that are here, I will ha I'll spend a few moments with them in a time uh, with the children. Olivia? And any of others that feel like children, you may come and join us too. Hey, Jack. Well, you know, things look a little different up here today, don't they? You see anything around, things that are missing? Uh, the Holy Family, along with the Magi, that's not there. The angels were there. The Christmas tree's gone. What else? less colors we've got the the beautiful lilies that are there that's correct good mom well anyway that's okay so all those things that were part of the the advent christmas epiphany uh celebration are now gone and and today is actually the day that we read a text of scripture that talks about the baptism of jesus now we'll get into that later but i wanted to ask you something about relates to your parents when you do you have any pictures at home of yourself do your mom and dad have a picture of you they have it in places that are they can see and remember what about you is that right you have a picture somewhere probably maybe well we have pictures and we keep them and most parents keep them with them we want to remember and celebrate you because we are proud of you as parents, we want to communicate that we're proud of our children. And 
when we read this scripture today, I want you to listen for this because after Jesus is baptized, something is said. A voice is heard, and it says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, when you do something that really pleases your mom and dad, and they say, Millicent, you did a good job. They do say that. I know they do. Millicent, you did a great job. How about that? And we're proud of you. Or Jack, you did a great job, and we're proud of you. You hear that sometimes. I know you do, right? Even from Grandpa or Pop, right? Yeah, he does. I know he does. He tells me. He's very proud of you. And Olivia, you probably hear that too. You know you did so good. That was a great job you did. We're proud of you. That that's makes us feel good in, in here because we know we're doing something that pleases our parents. When Jesus did that and the voice was heard from heaven that said, this is my son, a voice from God in whom I'm well pleased, it would have let him know that he too was doing the very thing that was exactly what his father wanted him to do. Now, unfortunately, Jesus didn't do other things that we sometimes do and go astray, and our parents may say something else to us. But nonetheless, he was one in whom they were well pleased, or Jesus was one in whom the Father was well pleased. So we too can do the same thing as we do what we know is right and good. We not only please our parents, but who else do you please? Who else do you please? That's a good answer. We please, we please God we, by, by doing those things that are right and good. And so we can, in our own minds, we can hear that voice of, this is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Uh, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased as God makes that known to you. So let's remember that God is with us. And as we do things that are pleasing unto God, we, we are, or can hear those words and know that God is thinking them, even if we don't hear them aloud. Let's give thanks for that promise. Lord, for all the promises, we, we do thank you, but especially for that one that we know that as we go through life, you are with us, that you care for us, and that you give us direction. May we all do things that are pleasing unto you. In your name I pray.
This morning's scripture comes from Psalm 29. Um, as we read this this morning, I ask you to think about the presence of Christ with us and how that presence does bring us peace each and every moment. Starting with verse 1. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The, glory, the God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, and Syrian like the young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The, Lord, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Here ends, read, here ends our reading. second reading of scripture is found in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 3 verses 13 through 17 this is the account of Jesus baptism in honor of our reading of the gospel lesson would you please stand as it's read Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, the heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descend like a dove lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord.
seated. And I invite you to join me in prayer as we remember the various needs in our own lives, but also for those around the world. Oh Lord, eternal and loving God who cares for everything that has been created. We bow before you now. We come with humble hearts. We come confessing the sins in our lives and asking, O oh Lord, that you would restore us. Make us whole, Lord. May you also hear the many needs that are in our hearts. We think of those that are close to us, family and friends who have lost loved ones, for those who are dealing with very difficult circumstances in their lives, for the families of those who were lost in yesterday's storms. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bring comfort to them. For those within our own church family who have lost loved ones, may you also be with them and bring the peace that passes all understanding. We think also, Lord, of all of the many needs around our city and state and nation around the world. For those suffering as natural disasters have brought great hardship, death, and devastation. For the storms in the south, for the earthquake in Puerto Rico, for the fires in Australia and all of those that are affected. May they find your presence even in the midst of all that they are enduring today. Lord, the ongoing conflict in the Middle East, we ask, O oh Lord, that good judgment and reason would prevail by all of those in positions that might have input into resolution. May we always seek your guidance and may all of our leaders always seek your guidance. We pray for the families of those who were victims of the airliner that crashed. May you be with them as well in this terrible tragedy. Lord, on and on we could go with the needs that we know of, but yet we trust in your providential care. We trust, Lord, that the one who's created all that is will one day bring all of this to fruition, to fulfillment. In the meantime, Lord, give us the courage, give us the energy, give us the insight to deal with all that comes our way in a way that would be pleasing unto you. I ask, O oh Lord, that you would be with us in this time of worship and guide each thought, clear our minds that we could focus entirely upon you. For we seek to worship you, to be your presence wherever we go. Hear us now, O oh Lord, as we, your children, pray, even as Jesus taught his followers to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
if you noticed a few shared um, comments when Rusty came to read the scripture, you might want to know why, and that is that the last time he read before I came to preach, he took my notes away with him. So uh, we're glad that uh, I made, wanted to make sure he left them uh, today. But uh, it's always good to have everyone that we can participating in worship and, and being a part of the, of the whole um, worship experience. And we want to also um, give opportunities for others to do so. And so we'll have some opportunities for you to, to maybe, maybe indicate where you would like to participate, how you could participate, either reading scripture or call to worship, so that the worship experience is more than just um, a spectator event, but rather a participation um, that you would be able to participate in worship and be a part of the whole experience. For that's what we're here for, to give expression to that which is within us, to be able to share that uh, both together, but also as we worship the one true and living God. Today is the text that I read. Already you would well remember that. But I wanted to introduce it with this. On a warm summer Sunday evening in 1966, I, along with several of my friends, waited in a small room adjacent to the baptistry in our little church, County Line Baptist Church in Enterprise, Alabama. It was a church of about 150 people. Most of them were there every week. That evening, one by one, we were called by name to make our way down the steps and into the water to confess our faith. We were to confess our faith in Jesus the Christ and to be baptized. We were participating in the next step in our journey. We had all made a profession of faith, all four of us that were there that evening, in a revival the week before, one of those summer revivals. It was just a one-week revival, though. We had, we had progressed to the point that two weeks was no longer necessary, we felt. We were participating in that next step, and in, in so doing, we took a step toward a more committed relationship with God. It was one that was a natural progression from what we had done the week prior. But it was also a step into a more committed relationship, not only with God, but with those gathered who witnessed that baptism. And also, all other believers. And so today, as we all in some way revisit our own baptism, for I do that often in my mind, I go back to those memories. I try to remember as best I can the faces of those people as I stood in that room and waited with three of my friends. But also, as I think about those that I remember seeing as I looked out across the congregation that evening. A piece I didn't say, tell you was that my dad was actually the minister, and so it was an added uh, bonus to me because my father became my brother. And so there was expression of that as well. Many of you were Baptists, so you, you entered into the baptismal pool just like I did. And as you did, you probably can recall the events, the sights, the smell of that water what all was going on, how cold the water was or how warm it was, depending on the church that you were in. All those things that create vivid memories that I go back to often to remember, not only 
to remember those fond memories, but to ground me again when my faith may waver, when I find some difficulties along the way, going back to that brings me to a point of saying, okay, let's start back from here and build back out again. Remember again what, what was promised through that profession of faith and also through the baptism that followed. Of course, you all know that baptism in the Baptist church is one of two ordinances that we observe, the other being the Lord's Supper. And it's a natural process. It's not anything magic, but it is a symbol, an outward symbol of a commitment that reflects an inward transformation. It is to represent that it has gone on within and, and sort of seals that in our mind. And I can tell you this, for me, it was very important for this reason. I do remember walking the aisle that day to, to accept Christ, but I, I remember more my baptism. And I wonder if in the years since, if I would have had more difficulty when I faced trials, various problems that cropped up, if it would have been more difficult just to rely on a memory of a statement made, a prayer made. When we entered those baptismal waters, of course, we confessed our faith, Jesus Christ, the one who was sent to bear away our sins. And we focused, unfortunately, primarily on that part. And I think that's an unfortunate reality of how many of us approached our profession of faith and baptism. Because it's much more than that. If we focus only on the fact that it is about sin and salvation or forgiveness and salvation, we have really missed, we've really missed it. We may be very much like the character in the movie, Oh Brother, Where Art, Where Art Thou? The character Delmar. If you remember, Delmar was probably the slowest of the three that had been convicted. This is a satire of Homer's uh, Odyssey, and, and it's sort of couched in a lot of southern traditions and, and all of those things that make life that we live. You know, we can identify with that very much. But Delmar, the three of them as they're traveling along, they come across a baptismal service. And when they come across that, Delmar is just mesmerized by what's going on. Before he realizes it, or before the others realize it, Delmar is running full speed to the lake or the river. As he does, he runs into the water and breaks in line actually to get to the front to be baptized ahead of everyone else. He confesses his sins and the minister holds him under and baptizes him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Delmar comes running out of that saying, my sins are forgiven. My sins are forgiven. Everything is washed away. The preacher tells me everything is washed away. God and no one has anything on me now. As he's doing that, Everett says, well, what about that Piggly Wiggly you knocked off that you were convicted for? He said, well, I lied about that. I didn't really do it. And he said, but when I lied about it, I'm forgiven of that too. My sins are washed away. 
I am clean. I am clear with God. Nothing else in my way. He does his best to lead a, a better life after that. But nevertheless, it is a shallow understanding, I think, of what our profession of faith really means because Jesus being baptized was the inauguration of his own ministry. He was moving from what he had heard about, what he had studied, what he knew to be his mission in life to actually embracing it. He was moving out and taking on this mantle of Messiah. So when we think about Jesus being baptized and we say he didn't need to be baptized, why did he need to be baptized? He was sinless. Well, we missed the, we missed the point. It was about embracing that which was his mission in life, his mission as sent by the Father to initiate a new kingdom, a new movement, a restoration, something that would transform all of humanity and understanding of who we are before God. And so we see that what was initiated was indeed an, basically a an agreement or a stamp of approval on what John the Baptist was doing as he preached a baptism of repentance, but Jesus was more than that. His was not of repentance. It was of embracing what was to lie ahead. And so he goes and does that to confirm that all that John has been saying is good. This movement he started is good, and it will bring wholeness to people. But there are some other parts to this, at least two others that we see. In the baptism. It is, as we all know, when we professed our faith, we confessed our sins, we received that gift of God's grace. And we know that we live in the presence of, of God because of that now. But we also received and made a commitment to each other, to that first community of faith that you were baptized into, a place where people looked out for one another. That is, we had their best interests at heart. We wanted to see them do well. We wanted to see them grow and not have problems in life. And when they were sick, what would happen? Someone would show up with some chicken soup. When there was a death in the family, we had a lady that was called the, the paper products lady. I mean, she carried them. Every time there was a death, she was the first one there, and she had all the paper products anybody could need. And other Others were the casserole people that carried those. Caring for, but beyond that, to nurture, just like these children here today, to nurture them in their growth in faith. So commitment to one another. But there's also another commitment, and that is that we as a committed community are committed, we're committed to God and to one another, but we are also committed to the world around us. Jesus commanded his disciples to go out and make disciples, to teach them all that he had learned, to make a difference in the world, to be the salt and the light, to know that they would face difficulties, but by doing so, they would be that which gives flavor to life itself. And so do not, as he said, isolate yourself 
from the world. Find ways that you have common ground with other people outside the church and let them know that the love of God is not something to fear. It's actually something to embrace. It's something that brings wholeness to life. It's a free gift. Some of us today had a, a, good, Sunday, a good discussion in Sunday school. I don't know if the lesson was that good, um, but we did have a good discussion. And we talked about how we find that common ground with the world around us. How do we do what God has told us is our role? And that is to act justly, to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. We know it, but we struggle. We struggle because ourselves get in the way. And when we recognize that, it's oftentimes after a lot of damage has been done. Jesus, after he was baptized, immediately went into the wilderness. Scripture says he was led there. But as he went, he went into a place that was harsh, difficult, filled with temptations. And he faced it knowing that he had picked up this mantle of God's grace with him. The reality that he was not alone. And he dealt with those temptations in the wilderness. All around us, there's a wilderness. Some of you are in it now. Some kind of wilderness. You're struggling. It's hard. It's painful. And you don't know exactly what you can do to ease the pain. But there are more outside of here that are in the wilderness struggling to know and to feel like they're of worth or value. And that's our role. That's who we're supposed to be. What we're supposed to do is to be those bearers of God's love and mercy and grace. So what will we do about that? Do we do it by ourselves, individually? Do we find ways to look around us and to move out, to listen to the voice of God, say, we need to do something about that. We need to be a people that are known for being those who care for not only themselves, but for those outside the walls of that building. So today, as you recall your baptism, if you recall it, if you were baptized as an infant, what about your confirmation? Think of it for just a moment. Remember the joy and excitement and the love, the embrace of love you felt on that day. And to know what it's like when someone comes to experience that kind of committed community. We're able to gift that, but we can't do it unless we band together, unless we all do our part to reach out to those around us, to be involved in those things that we can change or be involved in, to be a voice in the midst of injustice, to be a presence when we see the wrong that is committed because of a person's race, their sexual orientation, their economic status. 
So what I challenge you to, to do today is to think about this baptism of Jesus and him taking on that role that he knew was going to be a heavy burden and ultimately would be the greatest sacrifice of all so that those who were his brothers and sisters, not only those of the, same, of the faith, but also those outside would come to understand his love, his mercy, and his grace. That's what we were baptized into, that kind of relationship and that kind of responsibility to all that are around us. So who needs to hear that message today? Who needs to have the joy that you experienced as you received that? And who needs to benefit from all of the, the blessings you received as you walked along with the community of faith that has lifted you up and it has brought you a sense of hope in times of despair. That's who we are to be. May we join together in that process as we go forward from this day. Would you pray with me, please? Oh, Lord, for all of your blessings, we give you thanks. We especially give you thanks for your presence with us, your presence that has redeemed us, but also your presence that brings wholeness and meaning and purpose to life. Your presence that infuses energy into this corporate body. It enables us to be the people we are to be as the bride of Christ, but also that we may be, bear witness of that love and acceptance to the world around us. Help us, Lord, as we all wrestle with how we can be the best follower of Christ that we can be. In your name I pray. Amen. Our hymn of promise today is Come All Christians Be Committed, hymn number 488. If there are those who would like prayer or if you have a prayer concern, you come. If there are other decisions you need to make, I'll be at the front to speak with you there.
today we pray, dear God, why is it so hard for us to give up our money? Do we really think you won't meet our needs if we tithe? Do we really think we are special and deserve to keep all our money, even though you specifically told us to share? Do we desire expensive things to be happy? Haven't we realized that things don't make us happy? Whatever the reason, help us to give more and experience more of your love. Amen. we ask that you would receive these tithes and offerings. May they be used for your kingdom's work. May you bless them and multiply them. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated, please. Just a moment. Just a couple of quick announcements. First, let me welcome those who are guests with us today. We're glad that you're here and hope that you'll linger long enough to have some refreshments in the narthex, have some lemonade and cookies there, and we'll get a chance to talk to you and, and uh, hear a little bit about who you are. Uh, also, our Wednesday and Thursday activities are back on schedule uh, as far as the um, Wednesday night fellowship supper, Bible study, and then on 
Thursday, the Bible study at noon, the men's Bible study, and then our communion service in the evening. It's good to be here, to worship together, to see you all, and to know that as we go out, we go out um, as fellow travelers. We are pilgrims on a journey. And as we go, we go in the name of Christ. And now, may the love of God the Father, the grace of Christ our Savior, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen.